Welcome back to the Midlands Rugby Podcast. We're on episode four of season four. Phil, how you doing? I'm very well, mate. A little bit sore from Saturday's um, close quarters game against West Richford. Um, the weather suits me to the ground when it's like that now, because if no one can move, then we're all on a par again, aren't we? So, uh, a bit of a sore <laughs> neck. If everyone's running through treacle, it's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the game. Um, but yeah, looking forward to a to a good podcast with a, an ex colleague of mine. Yeah, would you would you like to introduce your mate? Sure. Um, <laughs> so today we've got Craig Hammond, uh, current head coach at Nottingham Rugby, uh, ex player at Nottingham Rugby, and he does a hell of a lot of other things and has done a hell of a lot of other things. So I will let him introduce himself. Hammo. How are you guys? Thanks for uh, getting me on the show. Um, Craig Hammond. So, yeah, probably call me Hemmer. I don't think many people call me Craig Hammond. Um, <laughs> yeah, played with uh, Phil for a few years at Nottingham and, um, yeah, kind of played what, 11 years at Nottingham and been away for about nine years, whatever, been uh, coaching overseas and then um, come back, been back about two and a half years uh, as head coach of Nottingham, mate. So, um Good to be back, mate. A little bit different uh, as a player uh, and then coming back as a coach, mate. So, different <laughs> stresses, but uh, having a good time, mate. Cool. So, um, you obviously started playing your rugby, as the accent would say, in New Zealand. Um, do you just want to talk to sort of like how you got into the game um, yeah. and and where you played? Uh, yeah, so I think similar to football here or soccer or whatever you call it in this country, isn't it? Uh, everyone kind of <laughs> grows up with a rugby ball, don't they? So started playing rugby probably when I was about four. Um, and then, you know, you always want to be an All Black from the age of about five onwards. Um, so, yeah, played pretty young and then go through all the school stuff and then uh, played age grade stuff for Wellington and then a bit of Hurricanes stuff and then um, got into New Zealand 19s and all that kind of stuff and then was tracking pretty well, uh, but it's, it's all very amateur over there, so it's all part-time, so I was kind of working, finishing school on the side. It's a little bit different to what it is over here with all the academy systems and all that, so it was kind of, you play your club rugby. I come straight out of school at 17. I was getting the shit kicked out of me uh, in the men's <laughs> premier game, which I think that's a positive for rugby in New Zealand, so you don't kind of drop into academies. You literally go straight into men's rugby and then go from there, really, so kind of cut my teeth pretty young as a, as a player and then opportunity arose randomly. I was, I was getting, I was in between contracts in Wellington, um, trying to play super rugby, trying to play as high as I could. And then opportunity, my old man worked for a company that did a bit of work in Nottingham. So they said, Oh, if your son ever wanted to come over here, um, we've got a rugby team and see how we were in, yeah, random. We're, we're in national two then. And so I come over for six months and I turned up and I was like, absolutely hated it. It was freezing. It was cold. <laughs> Again, I got the shit kicked out of me by some grizzly men. I was only 21 then, so I thought I was hot shit. Um, and then I got tucked up quite a bit and uh, said I'd never come back again. And then I kind of stayed for 11 years, mate. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, it was, and, and I learned how to, yeah, learned how, learned how to be a little, little bit physical and learn how to dish it out a little bit more over my years, mate. So, um, but yeah, that's how I ended up in Nottingham. So a bit of a random story, but if my old man wasn't working over here a bit or had contacts over here, I would have never come to Nottingham kind of thing. So, and the rest is history really, mate. So it's gone on from there. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, w when you first joined Nottingham, that would have been Ireland Avenue. Yeah. Um, as it was for me, I think I was there for 
the final few years while I was in the academy. But um, you, you, like you say, you were in that two at that point and you were playing with um, some interesting characters and you have played with some interesting characters throughout your time there. When did you take on the captaincy at Nottingham? Uh, I did a year. So Mark Bradley, which was our captain, so he's a Derby man, so he was captain at Nottingham for... Um, a few years, I come in again, like like I said, as, as a 21-year-old lad, and and uh, and I'd always captain all my teams in New Zealand, so right through first 15, Wellington, New Zealand 19s, uh, I was tracking pretty well over in New Zealand to, to kind of captain a lot of stuff over there, so then I come over and that's all I knew, really, and then I was had a season at Nottingham, and then when I come back the following year, I took over the captaincy, so I was pretty young, I think I was 22 possibly just turned 23 to take over from one of the old boys that would've been at the club. So a bit of a change in the guards, really. Um, and then I had, shit, uh, nine, ten years, Captain Nottingham. So uh, a few games, mate. So, uh, and it kind of, yeah, I, I, I loved it, mate. I've always been like that. Didn't matter kind of who was, I was, how old I was. I was kind of thinking, I thought I kind of was always born to do that kind of thing. So I don't know whether you're born to do it or you just like telling people what to do. I don't know. <laughs> I I think people that think you're born to do it probably think they're born to do it, but it's not really a case. It's just your <laughs> you put your hand up first, and everyone goes, "Oh, we'll give him a fucking job." Right? Okay, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I think so, mate. I think so. Mate. <laughs> I think they're trying to keep me in the country, mate. That's all. <laughs> like, Let's make him captain, then he can never fucking leave. Don't worry. <laughs> They're in Glax, that might have been the move. Um, so, yeah, you were in that two in Nottingham uh, at the Old Line and Dav. You had a couple of promotions and got into the Old Nat 1. Oh, we had one promotion and got into the Old Nat 1, which is now the championship. Um, my first memory of watching you and some of the lads play would have been the Harlequins game at, at Island Avenue. Um so Harlequins got relegated from the Prem and dropped out of the air, but they had a bit of a star-studded team. Um, was that the first time you came across Mertens? Or um, no, I think I've played, may have had a game like Wellington against Canterbury, and he was like a superstar back then. Um, but yeah, yeah, like they were freaks, weren't they? I think it was 2004, I never knew, and they were... My my mission was to try smash murders like just childhood. You grow up, you know, watching them on TV and absolute legend of the All Blacks, and you thought oh, I was going to kill him, but I couldn't even touch him, mate. So <laughs> uh, just pulled the strings, mate. So uh, yeah, that was class. That was, that was an awesome memory because, uh, like I said, we played them in the Prem Cup a couple of weeks ago, and that kind of reminded me. Well, shit, it was years ago, wasn't it? Like what what it was like playing them then, and it was kind of full house at Island Avenue, wasn't it, mate? So. Um, yeah, pretty special memory like that. Yeah, that was that's that's probably the first time I came and watched you guys, and then uh, moved across to Lady Bay and played at Meadow Lane. Um, that was a that was kind of when I started taking it more seriously, um, and soon ended up training with you guys when I was just before I turned eighteen, I think. Uh, and do you, I don't know whether you remember this, this session, Hamo, but you remember the drill called the terrorist <laughs> cell. Yeah. Yeah, so Go my on. first session, I get I get pulled out of this academy training, um, having had a decent game against Leicester Tigers, which we've spoken about here before. Um, <laughs> get pulled out of training by Glax, who drags me over to the train with the first team on Trent Paul, 
and this massive square set up and there is just blood and <laughs> pads and oh it was absolutely horrific and basically Glatt just put me in the centre and gave me the ball and told me to run and I think the first person to hit me was Lee Morley and he absolutely obliterated me <laughs> <laughs> mate yeah I don't know how how's that legal that fucking drill mate so <laughs> No, I did like, last week with the Pavs boys. Oh, mate. Black, Black is in Japan. <laughs> Black is in Japan as like head coach of fucking Mitsubishi now, and I'm sure he'll be still doing that bloody job. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so no, for anyone who doesn't doesn't know that drill, basically it's a um, it's just a square across the pitch, and there's about four people with tackle pads, five people with tackle suits, and then you're basically stuck on one side and you have to get to the other with the ball. And if you don't, you normally get absolutely clattered. And sometimes you get clattered without the ball as well. So um, <laughs> interesting way to start my professional well, professional training career. Um, I did turn up for the Thursday session and luckily that was more team run, which was much yeah. more my style. It's funny, like I was speaking to Ian Kinch. Kinchy, did you play with Kinchy? Yeah, so he's down yeah. at Richmond. And we're talking about like he was coming through the academy like him and it must be like Graham Chinnoweth. Like there's loads of those guys and we'd always, my, it's fucking stupid, isn't it? But like the young boys are coming and you just like kick the shit out of them. Like, <laughs> again, how's that normal? But like, you just like get the, like say, get in the middle of there and run through there. But it was, yeah, we're having a few stories about how, yeah, what you used to do to the, you know, like shit, that wasn't right. But <laughs> it worked, didn't it, mate? So, yeah, definitely. It really works. My back's great now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so Kenshi was in the year above me, as was Joe Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Ross McMillan. So I came in through the... I think I was the only one from my age group that stayed all the way through. Obviously, Callow came back later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was an eye-opener for sure. Um, so they you... Probably, mate, they probably just looked at the size of your head at that age. and just. Just went, oh, fucking, he must be able to be tough as with a head like that. That's all. Just leave it. <laughs> Literally, I've really had a decent conversation for about nine years, and he comes oh, straight man. back with the headshots. Sorry, he's a fucking boulder, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going, mate. It's, it's... Yeah, so it was quite funny. Me and my wife just been watching, uh, I think, called Ghosts on BBC. And there's a Neanderthal <laughs> in that. And she just turned to me during watching that and said, he's got the same forehead as you. Yeah. Do you know what? I watched that not long ago and I thought, I won't tell Phil, but uh, there's <laughs> definitely he's definitely based on. Also, before we go back to rugby, is that your tutu, Ruth's tutu, or one of the girls' tutus behind you? Well, I ain't getting in that. Um, I don't know, from a distance. I think, I think. I think that's the cheap £100 tutu that I bought for Lucy's five-minute show, um, which I'm delighted <laughs> for. Oh, being a daddy, eh? glad yeah, I'm not. Yeah, right. So, Hammer, you did. We, we'll, we'll come back to the times at, at Nottingham because I'm sure you got plenty of stories from those eleven years and the random loose individuals that we played with. Um, towards the end of your, your time at Nottingham, uh, you moved into the second row, and then you kind of started um, looking elsewhere. I think you left a year before I did. I think you left just before Hargy came in. Twenty twelve. Yep. Yeah, um, and you disappeared. Well, I remember having a conversation with you, actually, before you left. Um, you said, oh, I've got this gig in Hong Kong. I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, what are you doing there? He goes, oh, I'm going to go coach London Scottish um, and, and do a bit over there. I was like, oh, cool. He goes, yeah, and then we're going to go home. And we, we, it's just like a little short journey on the way home to <laughs> uh, to the Wellington area of New Zealand. I think, is it Upper Hutt you're from? Yeah, Upper Hutt, yeah. Yeah, on the way home there. Yeah. And then uh, 
yeah let, do you want to do you want to explain what happened oh, in mate, no how that how that come about it was random really like I was, I was kind of 32 i was still playing semi-decent footy um i was yeah still captain and that kind of stuff and i randomly signed a new contract um uh at nottingham so i was kind of tied in for a couple more years and then uh, I was always kind of, I was trying to get on the coaching ladder because I knew, mate, I, I did my apprenticeship as a motor mechanic. I wasn't kind of built for too much more. I didn't want to go back doing that. I love the coaching side. I've always coached kind of Nottingham University was playing. I was coached Ilkeston for a couple of years, um, that kind of stuff. So I, I community stuff and all that. So I kind of always loved the, the mindset of coaching and trying to give back and learning that. So I kind of was trying to get into a bit of coaching at the club. Uh, Felksy had just retired and was doing a bit of the Ford stuff and that, so there wasn't really an in. Um, and then I was sitting there thinking like, oh, well, I'll stay carrying on playing for a couple of years and see how it go. And then stupidly got contacted by a game. This is how weird it is. Uh, one of my mates, uh, my father, worked with the guy that was in Singapore randomly, and he, contact, he gave my name to a guy that's in Hong Kong, and they were looking for a player coach for... Um, Hong Kong Scottish, which is kind of tied into London Scottish. There's a new club started in Hong Kong and they contacted me and said, would you be interested in this player coach role? And I was like, mate, they don't even have rugby in Hong Kong. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. And then he's like, oh, we'll just have a couple of phone calls and that kind of stuff. And then I thought, bugger it, we're in the off season. So I, I, me and the old man, my old man flew over from New Zealand. I flew into Hong Kong and we did a week in Hong Kong just to have a look around and met everyone and thought, shit, this could be a Good go, and and it's all like how it works over there. It's all tied into the Hong Kong Rugby Union, so you're employed by Hong Kong Rugby Union, um, and then you get given to a club, so they look after you and they do all your coaching and that side. It's it's a really good setup there. So I was like, well, let's go to two years. So I signed a two year contract, and then I said, like I said, we'll go back to New Zealand and, and get into the coaching world in New Zealand. So that was the plan, and then I kind of <laughs> signed a contract in Hong Kong why I still had my contract in Nottingham. So I was like, I'm in the shit here. So I went back to Glax and I kind of said, hey, mate, this has happened. I'm going to probably bounce. And it was a pretty tough decision because I've been at the club for 11 years. And and then um, it just went from there. We, me and Rosie, like my wife and that, we kind of always, you got to do what you got to do. Do you know what I mean? Like we could, we, we said we could always come back if we needed to, but the time was right to go. So, um, and then about two weeks after that, Glax City is going to London Irish as well, mate. So there's a complete bloody overhaul. But yeah, so I did. <laughs> Went to Hong Kong and was player coach for a couple of years because I still thought I was good at rugby. Um, and I, I, was doing, I was doing okay over there. Um, <laughs> but found it pretty tough, the player coach role, as you'd know yourself. Um, and then I was starting to get involved in the national team for Hong Kong. But what was happening on the games, I was kind of dusting a few of the people up that I'd have to be coaching. Uh, <laughs> you get older, don't you, and more gnarly and more wiser, and they were too fast for me. So I was kind of getting in a few um, tussles, and then I got kind of called in and said, you either have to stop playing or you can't progress your coaching career with Hong Kong. So I kind of put my <laughs> hung the boots up because otherwise I'd be out of a job, really, and then kind of got into the coaching. And then I think that kind of – Kicked on really well, and then I just kept on signing two-year contracts and, yeah, did nine years, um, finished off. I just signed a new contract as head coach of Hong Kong, and I was tracking pretty well. And then randomly, uh, Steve Smith and Simon Beef and all that chased me when Felksy left um, and said, would I come back? And I kind of 
it, it went from there really. So, but Hong Kong was class, mate. Like amazing place, like ridiculous environment, and they had a lot of money, so everything was put on. Lots of tours around the world. It was yeah, a good place to cut your teeth as a coach. Um, and and while still playing, you can kind of get away with it a little bit, can't you? So, you do you uh, get along to many of the Hong Kong sevens and enjoy that like most of the world do, or? Yeah, mate. Or no, or part of our roles we had to kind of work, or they say do do a bit of work, <laughs> do a little bit of hospitality, a bit of work, or whatever. So I always did it every year. But um, uh, yeah, th- that side of it, we've got the links. Like we had a full time fifteens and sevens program, so we kind of do a bit of coaching across the both spectrums and the men's and women's and all that kind of stuff as well. So was quite heavily involved with the sevens and, and the fifteens and all that as well. But um yeah, it's a pretty loose city, mate. It's fucking not loose. It's mad. Um but but in a good way. It's uh it's a real good balance of the rugby side of it. Uh, lots of Aussies, Kiwis, English, Scottish Irish, like lots of expats over there because it, you can go out there they give you accommodation, flights, you get paid a little bit of money, they get your job. So it's a good gig for kind of and you don't have to be a ridiculous rugby player but it's just a lifestyle until around asia and that mate it's pretty it's pretty cool we loved it mate and i, I don't think if it wasn't and we'll talk about it later probably if it wasn't for nottingham i don't think i would have come back i already come back because of what the club meant for me like i i i went through the, the interview process and I, I turned them down two or three times and i said i didn't want to do it because i like i loved hong kong i loved the lifestyle we were living out by the beach. We had a nice place. It's um yeah, it's, it's an amazing place. And then yeah, just yeah, kind of probably dragged me back in Simon Beefham and, and that lot and uh all the people I knew, the board was still similar to the board that when I played. So it was a and it was a massive opportunity to try not turn the club around again, but it was come out of COVID and it was part time and it was should have needed a bit of love. So yeah, pretty passionate about the club and and the the whole of Nottingham and and the, the the community game and all that kind of stuff. So that probably dragged me out of it, a fucking amazing lifestyle that I was living. But now I'm, I'm back, mate. I'm back. <laughs> I'm coming to Nottingham. Everyone's dream. <laughs> I said I'd never made a lift, and I was like, sold my house, sold everything, and I was like, I'm never coming back to the UK. It's cold. It's fucking miserable. <laughs> I've done eleven years. Like all my kids are born here, mate. So they've kind of they got British passports, but they don't think they're bloody British because they've been in Hong Kong for nine years and, and we said we're done and then shit, we've been back here two and a half years and just brought a house and settled in now, mate. So loving it, to be honest. But yeah, full circles, mate. Yeah, I, I understand you're just up the road from me, actually. Um, the mighty Newton. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm in Loudoun, so I'm just down oh, yeah. the hill. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I literally live on a pub hammer, so you'll have to come and have a beer. Well, just one beer for you, though, because we know what you like. Yeah, Greg, that'll be a shandy. Or <laughs> <laughs> a posh corona, mate. That's all. One or the other. <laughs> well, not in there. It's actually fortune. Um, <laughs> while, while, we're, while, while we're on the Hong Kong thing, <clears throat> one of the things that I remember hearing and I was incredibly jealous of immediately was, the, was your coordination of the Lions tour. Yeah. Yeah, how, yeah. how did that go? Because I'm guessing Coley would have been on that tour. Uh, is that when they come through Hong Kong? Or yeah, yeah, I, I like. So again, like everything's interlinked over there. So it's all all of us club. So we've got six clubs over there, but we're all employed by the Hong Kong Rugby Union. Uh, so when events like that come over, they are like, right, who's doing this? Who's liaison officer for that? Who's kind of they just? So I kind of ended up put my hand up, and you know, I was like, I'll be liaison officer for the Barbarians. 
So I was kind of tied into that when they played the Lions. And but it's all kind of fucking everyone's all, all linked in together. So that was pretty cool. So I caught up with all that lot. Jim Hamilton was out with the Barbars and. But yeah, so the, the, a lot of the guys come out. They, they kind of the Hong Kong Sevens are so big; they just fly randoms out. And certain quite a lot of guys would come out that I kind of knew for hospitality or whatever. So yeah, events like that, like yeah, that was pretty class. And then um, yeah, we ended up when the Lions went to the New Zealand. I tied up a month back in uh, New Zealand when the Lions were on back in a uh, bit of CPD in New Zealand and that kind of stuff. Oh, so yeah. through the Hong Kong Rugby Union. So that kind of all tied in bloody lovely for the uh, Lions. So <laughs> we, did, uh, we did a bit of CPD at the Chiefs and a few other clubs and then uh, ended up watching two or three Lions uh, games and a couple of tests, all, all thanks to a few people and the right connections, mate. So, yeah. Not, not a bad gig if you can get it. Uh, and we've already mentioned you, you, you've come back to Nottingham as head coach. Um in a championship that is remarkably different from what you were used to when you left, um, what, what's it like at the moment in, in that in that kind of coach model? Just as the in the league as as it is, yeah, it's tough, mate. Because I, I we were full time, so I only knew it as a full time league. You know, it's p- apart from when we were playing in Island Avenue, and and it was part time for a few years. But then we, for most of my time, probably eight years or whatever, we were full time or there or thereabouts. So. I only kind of knew it as that. Uh, coming back into it, I didn't quite know what to expect as a part-time, what the club was running at. So I come into it, and we were Tuesday, Thursday night. Uh, it was a fucking shambles, really, like trying to compete in the championship. Oh, no, it's be like you coaching at Paviors or you guys and competing against Erling and, and Doncaster and Pirates that are full-time. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and so we, we they kind of... They had a lot of players at the club um, that they kind of just put a team together after COVID and some of the guys were driving like two hours to training mm. that didn't really care. The club meant nothing to them. They just wanted a gig. Um, yeah. So I kind of walked into a team about a month into pre-season um, and and I kind of inherited this team. And, and it was tough because I, I left as a player and I kind of knew what, the, like you talked about, the people I had, the, t- the people we had around us were ridiculous, and it made fucking Glax's life pretty easy. I'd say, do you know what I mean? Because of who we had around, the caliber of players. Um, so I kind of walked back in thinking, not thinking, but you just expect, oh, you'll have bang, 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 and it will. Senior leadership guys will take control of this, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a rude awakening. Um, so we kind of, yeah. We, we've gone to three days a week now, which was a big push. We've got quite a lot of guys out of the community now, like a model that when I was playing for a while, we've probably got eight guys out coaching in schools and universities and, and, and colleges and that kind of stuff. And that just gives me a few more full-time-ish guys, if that makes sense. So probably got anywhere between six to 12 guys training in the morning in schools, and then they'll go coach for a few hours. Um, and then we're training three nights a week now. So it's um it's we've turned it around in the last couple of years, which is really good. Like we've got me, me full-time coach. We've got full-time S&C, full-time physios. Um, we're trying to do as best as we can to have nearly a full-time environment and a part-time, you know, three nights a week, and which is a hard sell because guys, some of the guys are working. You, know, you imagine doing a whole day's work and then have to train your ass off at a ridiculous level three days a week and then gym in the mornings and then it's tough, isn't it? It's a tough gig. Um, but 
that that's where we're at at the moment. Will the club go back full time if the, if the league changes? Prem one, Prem team they're talking about in the next year or two. I think it will have to go full time if that happens. Um, and if that did happen, we'd be probably in a good position to go full time. Uh, but I can't see that happening for a year or two yet uh, because there'd be a lot of funding having to come from there. A few TV, whatever it is, which at the moment they're not doing it. So the same shit, mate. Do you know what I mean, like. I've cut 500,000 off the budget from the RFU and said, I'll oh, just deal with it. Some of the big clubs, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Some of the big clubs can deal with it. Uh, but then you're seeing now, you're seeing Jersey, what's happened there. You're seeing Pirates, their money man that's put money in for the last 25 years. He's pulling back. So they're probably looking at a part-time model next year, which is a massive thing for them. So it's kind of, I think it's make or break for a lot of clubs. Um, some some clubs are ailing and they've got a silly amount of money, the millions, but do you know what I mean? It, it's dealing with, like we're playing Ealing in two weeks and let's say their two second rows that'll play against us will be the same as our whole playing budget. Yeah. yeah. They're getting paid more than premiership second rows. How the fuck, how, how do you compete with that? Well, we will because we've got a good bunch of men that like kicking the shit out of people. Um, but, but, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's a tough, there, there's a big bloody you know, between the full-time and part-time teams. But they, they, that's what it is. Like, it's taken me a couple of years to get... I walked in probably a bit bloody blinded. And then, um, yeah, it, like, we've worked really hard over the last couple of years to get, a, oh, we think, quite a good model at the moment. Uh, good people at the club that give a shit about the club um, and and where we want to go in the next couple of years as well. So it's just pretty exciting, mate. Hence the challenge to come back and try get it back where we need it, mate. No, definitely. I mean, from what I've heard and what I see, and I speak to one or two of the lads that play for you, that they're all enjoying it, and and you've you've spruced up what was uh, quite a frustrating period for the club. Um, and and to be fair, you know, when I mean, I heard quite early because uh, a little dicky bird told me you were coming back, and I think I remember texting you quite early on saying congratulations. Um, but. Uh, it sounds like yeah, you're going in the right direction and, and hopefully, like you say, that, that funding comes back because um, it's since me and you were playing in that level, it's uh, it's almost entirely disappeared. So um, it'd be good to see that back. Anyway, my next bit, I've just written down here nicknames. <laughs> right, so um, I had a few nicknames, uh, mainly to do with my forehead or my general appearance. But, <laughs> but um, and, and PTB was my original nickname, which was Phil the Burn because of our French uh, conditioning coach. And I seem to remember having a whole wall in the old gym dedicated to me or just to abuse me. Um, <laughs> your nickname, Hamo, apart from Hamo, obviously, which is quite obviously just a shortened version of your second name, what, what was your nickname? Do you remember what your nickname was? I've got a few, mate. I've got, uh, I've got clubs. That's the one I'm looking for. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, fuck, mate. I, I, I don't care about this shit. I've got clubs. <laughs> I'll tell you about. I've got Gamo. Were you there when Ellie Williams were there? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you that one as well. So uh, clubs, no. So, well, no, you, you should think I'm a tough bastard, actually. So I broke my hand. I broke my hand playing against Lister Tigers at Welford Road in the preseason game. I tried to clothesline the nine. <laughs> as hard as I could, and he ducked, and I kind of hit him in the head, broke my, shattered my hand, 
And I was like, yeah, I'll be all right. Carried on, and then they put a, well, a cast on it, and then they said, you're going to be out for six to eight weeks. I was like, I like the stuff I am. So the season was starting in two weeks. So they kind of took the cast off, and they made a hard plastic bit, but I had to train with it, and they taped it on. And I had shit hands anyway, man. I had no skills. I was a shit rugby player. I just, <laughs> lot, I just had a lot of grunt, mate, and could hit shit. So as you'd know, but they kind of taped this big, hard bit on my hand and then every time I went to play rugby the ball got past me and I somehow you know when you go do something and you fall into something you push it harder I'd go hit the ball and the ball would fly out I'd be like I'd be fucking diving the ball <laughs> or I'd go for a kickoff and put my hand up and punch the ball I don't know why that's not normal but the ball <laughs> the boy would sit there and piss himself and go fucking clubs mate club hands <laughs> and then I got that off and I still had good hands so they just that stuck with me really so uh, that, yeah. that season, so I was, uh, no, I was, I was eighteen or nineteen that year that you had, did your hand, and obviously when you got injured, I'm thinking, oh, I might actually, I might get a sniff here, <laughs> and then because me and Hammer essentially played in the same position, um, and then obviously you refused to be injured like you always did, which fucking irritating, and then. <laughs> um, you came back and you were you were you were quite heavy handed at the best of times. But the best one was when you were sort of free from that injury. Remember going down to play in Mounts Bay at Penzance? Yeah. And when we hosed them, they weren't great, were they? But Hamo, we used to play this game plan where me and Hamo would end up on the wing uh, at the end of end of a certain phase. And I remember sort of beating one defender and passing Hamo the ball, and he caught it. So I was like, "Yes, we're away." And we run in and. He just like punched it out of his own hand. <laughs> and we must have, on the analysis on the Monday, we must have watched that about 15 times just trying to work out how he did it. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's really <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I remember that journey for specific reasons that I, I literally drove from Durham to the training ground at Nottingham and got on the bus. <laughs> from Nottingham down to Penzance. So I was travelling for nine hours or something during the day. <laughs> and Glax asked me why I looked tired the next morning. Yeah, no shit, no. no. And then <sighs> there was that, and then I'd Gamo was another one where Ellie Williams randomly turned up and needed four weeks of rugby before the World Cup. So Glax is another fucking pulled all that a rabbit out of the hat. And then uh, he started, fucking Gamo, come here. And everyone was like, mate, what's he talking about? And he stood up at a meeting. He's like, Gamo, Gamo said this. And everyone's like, well, who the fuck's Gamo? He's like, that's Gamo. <laughs> I was like, mate, no, that's Hamo. He's like, oh, um, all right, mate. So I saw I saw him in Hong Kong as well, mate, randomly. He was at the Hong Kong Sevens. He's like, Gamo. Gamo, <laughs> you can't. I was like, mate, I ain't fucking known him for like five weeks. He's like, Gamo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mate, thanks. My name's not Gamo, mate, but I'll take it. <laughs> I remember being on a, when he first arrived, I couldn't believe that he was there. Yeah, like, exactly. It was mad. Um, but going out with him and him taking a phone call while we're on a night out to with Dan Carter, just like <laughs> absolute name drop in the middle of a night out. Um, he's so he's, he's a. <laughs> He's a freak, man. I've got, an, I've got another good one for you, which you might find quite funny. I got a when I was 19, 19, I was playing in Wellington. And I was captain Wellington, like on the fringe of MPC, and they they brought back all the All Blacks, and they had like Phil Tia, Tana Umanga, Christian Cullen, all this lot. And I was nineteen. I was captain of all of those guys randomly. I was shitting myself, and Phil Tia, big bastard, ain't he? 
he um he thought my name was Ham. So um <laughs> everyone called me Hamo, but he called me Ham and I was too scared to fucking say anything. <laughs> and I, was, I was the captain and he's like, Come on, Ham, you're um doing this. And I was like, All right, mate. So all the boys would like give me give me shit, call me ham for ages, like because I was too scared to say that lot, man. I'm not you see the size of that prick. So yeah, I've had a, I've had a few names, mate, but uh yeah, you pick and choose who you say it back to, mate. So well, the, the clubs one actually became like a thing at the club, didn't it? Where every week... So, Tom, you know we do like Man of the Match and Dick of the Day after a game? Yeah. At Nottingham, we used to do Biggest Hit. Uh, you'd get like a little baseball bat, which I've got in my in my bedroom still. Um, you'd get... Uh, someone had like a, a teddy bear or something one there that you had to take out to train in for being soft or something. And then one was just a bib, like a Gilbert bib, like we've got up at Pavs, with a massive like foam hand on the front of it. And that was for Clubs of the Week. And the amount of joy we would get if Hamo got Clubs of the Week was ridiculous. <laughs> I'd lose my head, eh? But oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so just harking back to our wonderful time at Nottingham, um, the, there was somewhat of a drinking culture uh, some somewhat thing there was a real <laughs> issue with drinking. Well, <laughs> Nottingham, um, that's obviously not going to be the same now with it not being full time. But do do you remember any stories of that period? I know you weren't out all the time. You used to love a sort of an eleven o'clock smoke bomb, but yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, there's a few like we used to go with. Did you used to go with Nigel Each? Would you I, I would avoid it at all costs if possible, but yes, I did occasionally. Yeah, he would. He was a loose man. He he come to the club the other day. Good man, but loose man. But we'd end up in kind of ridiculous walkabout or the works or media nightclubs, and there'd just be rounds and rounds. Joe Duffy would have somehow boxes of fucking reef, like a twenty-four box of reef, and I was like, That's mate. Square. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't be walking around with that. He's like, mate, you just go sit in the corner and drink it all. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, mate. There's like somehow that there's, you know, you probably there's a punch up of the walkabout, which isn't condoned. Or Shiner got bottled randomly. He's a mad bastard to be the worst person bottled. And uh, I was in there. I'd gone home by this time. A massive punch up at the walkabout, and uh, Monty. And Monty went running outside to jump on the guy's back that was bottling Shiner and he fell over, didn't he? Tripped on the fucking step and broke his ankle and fractured his tibia and fibia. I knew nothing about this. I get a phone call at like at eight in the morning on the Sunday morning. Glax absolutely losing his head at me, going, Why do you let these boys fucking do all this? Rah, rah. I'm like, mate, what's happened? He's like, Monty's in bloody hospital. He's out for six months. It's your fault. And I was like, mate, I, was like, I wasn't out with them. <laughs> like, we shouldn't be out drinking like that. I was like, mate, they fucking do that Wednesdays and Saturdays. But they just, yeah, they made that. But Lou say this. So loads one. Probably the worst was turned up on a Thursday after Stash and those boys were going on a Wednesday to Ocean or whatever. And I'd have to go, boys, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we've got a massive championship game. But it was not acceptable then, but it was just... Don't know, they just put old school and they turned the blind eye and they 
absolutely rip up on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, that was it. It was, it was if you can back it up on a Saturday, it was absolutely play on, wasn't it? And oh, yeah. I ended so, up getting caught in that quite a bit while I was still at school. Yeah, correct, mate. You're young, mate. <laughs> I'm too old, mate. I had to, I had to work, look after my hands, mate. I couldn't uh, imagine, being, <laughs> imagine being hung over and trying to catch a ball with these hands, mate. It'd be pretty bad. <laughs> so, uh, one of um, one of the great nights out that I remember with you, because there wasn't a great load where you stayed out real late, but was uh, New Year's Eve when you found out about the twins when Rosie was back in, in NZ. So, Gamble. Yeah, that, that turned into an interesting night because, um, so just to give it a, a layer, uh, we'd all, we had a game actually on the second, well, we were meant to have a game against Mosley away on the second and you'd basically done a captain's gamble basically told all the lads that we're going out to the monkey tree because the game's going to get called off. <laughs> so it was it was it wasn't until about 6 or 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve that we found out the game was actually off. But Hammer was adamant so we were going out anyway. And we got we got to the monkey well we got to someone's house and you said, "Oh, Rosie just rang me. She's gone home to see her parents. She's pregnant with twins." So <laughs> I think I've told the story on here about Hammond Hammo's one testicle so that you're famous for that already on here hammo um but yeah so hammo hammo's produced twins with one nut which was always quite interesting um and then we just had one of the most ridiculous nights out i've ever had where i woke up the next day with the sorest eyes in the world because all we did all night was lime each other it was <laughs> mental yeah, no, I, uh, I think I'm still paying for it now, actually. I've got a credit card somewhere for that one. You lose your head, don't you? Sometimes you just get real excited. And if I go out, I'll, I'll, if I pull the pin, I'll pull the pin, and I'm like a complete binge drinker. Still a bit like that now. If, if I have one, I'll have one, and then I'll probably die for about four days. But uh, No, so probably probably going back to that story, mate, I think if, if they the boys think the captain can pull the pin and, and – you guys probably go double as bloody hard. That's your problem, mate. So uh, <laughs> again, like, yeah, I reckon if we had to back up on the on the uh, second or whatever, we would have done it. it. Would have been hard, but we're kind of that mindset that we had a bit of fun, didn't we? In that, in that era, and the boys pulled their they, they worked hard with that to work hard, but they still didn't mind a drink or two, did they? So uh, it was the uh, it was the loosest in your in that in that main not good that people talk about probably. Um, yeah, Stash Monty was pretty loose, wasn't he? Agree with that? He like, was, but he was always quite controlled with it. Yeah, yeah. But would like would be a rubber arm. Like, it wouldn't be hard to say, oh, let's have a beer. Um, <laughs> Usas was just there and noisy. Usas, so yeah, yeah. He, uh, I still speak to him regularly, so he come to Hong Kong and coach with me. Um, so he's back in Australia now. He's doing bloody well. Um, who else? Rousey was bad. What's that? Rousey actually last weekend. Rousey. Um, saw this Elksy and uh, Stash all t- come to our game last week and they're like come out on the piss and they were just smashing pints like I was going <laughs> I was like man I'm not going out and they just kept on like buying me Coronas and I was like just kept taking the Coronas and passing them to people <laughs> and I'm like fuck I'm driving but they were literally like they were 20 a game um, yeah Rousey is pretty bad oh they're all pretty bad eh? Duffy was like a silent assassin just wouldn't say anything uh, th- you're talking only about Duffy and his crates if yeah. you walk about so he would just he would just walk behind the bar grab a crate leave the money on the bar 
And then if you were on, and they used to have these tables in Walkabout, didn't they, which were sort of waist high, you'd slap the tray, and if you were stood around that table by the point that case hit the table, you were in trouble. Like you were, <laughs> you were not in. So they were all gone. It was and terrifying. We would just keep going and going and going. Like, yeah, typical Mary fella that doesn't mind a drink or fucking 74. <laughs> and then, and then the, it could be could be anything there, couldn't it? Could be WKD, could be steak, oh, could be bloody style, like, like, could be anything, mate. It was horrific. What, what are you doing? He's like, oh, mate, don't, don't want to go home. Well, at that point, he's about pretty much like totally incommunicative. Like, he's so drunk that he can't talk to you, so he just stares at you, and that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I, don't know. I reckon they're all, I don't know. Yeah. Be good to good to do a reunion and see who's real like to see who's still pretty loose, but we'll see. yeah, I think I think um yeah, I think that might me and Montague got together a few months ago when we came to see you actually, and then I yeah, had to yeah. go before you got back into the change room, <laughs> uh, into the clubhouse. But um that turned out pretty loose that night too. Yeah, well, we we had a game the next day, so I'm pretty glad I left when I did. But that went pretty dark when we went into town, and yeah, that went pretty loose. It was quite it was good crack actually. That was the pin. pin was gone for that one, thank God. But was <laughs> once, once every four months. Well, I saw I saw Logan the next day, and he was in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, really and those guys were just like next level. So, so nothing, <laughs> nothing changes, mate. So, so we normally finish on these two bits, Hamo, because I know yep. you're a busy man and you like an early night. Um, Not really, mate. I've got I've got lineouts to do for Ealing next week, mate. So don't worry about that. Oh, he's fire over, mate. My lineouts on fire at Pavs. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> it's, okay. it's only because opposition only lift at two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't got a hooker either, so <laughs> absolutely true. True. <laughs> um, we normally do sort of best and worst rugby moments. I'll give you the choice what you want to do first, best or worst. But uh, I'd love to know yours. Uh, I mean, the best are going to be pretty good because you played with some great people. Yeah, You'll probably, be... probably worst, um, worst, or oh, worst outcome probably was. You probably told the story about when I lost my nut. That was probably that was uh, oh, no, harrowing. Harrowing is the word I'd use. Yeah, so up at Otley, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, went in. We we're about four fifty minutes into the game, made a tackle, and. Uh, when I jumped, I, oh shit, I wasn't in a chop tackle. I'd be so bad at these rules today. So I like jumped on it and like bear hugged and fucking used my legs to chop them down. And and then uh, Alex Dodge come flying around and, and need me straight in the nuts. And I was fuming. But you know, when you hit the nuts, you're like, that, ah, that hurts. But you just shake it off, don't you? Like, I'm all right. And then Rousey was a bit like, mate, I was like, man, I'm in a bit of trouble here. And Rousey's like, get up, mate. We've got like half an hour to go. We're going to beat these buggers. So <laughs> it was uh it was uh, one of those, and he's like, just just carry on. It's like, all right. And I put my hand down my pants. I was like, this sag's not right here. But carried on, played the rest of the game. And I was in a world of trouble. And I'm usually, I don't mind an injury or two, but I was like, this sag's not right. And then half the game, my nut was like, shit. Uh, it's about the size of this. It's like the size of that. That's it. She's that's got a paper, snow globe as you. That's the paper. Paper, there you go. <laughs> it just reminds me for podcasts like this. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, randomly, yeah, they said it died on impact and we're going to take your nut out. So about four days later, they took it out. And I think I come back about a week later training with a cricket box on. So I was like, oh, man, yeah. this, ain't, this ain't stuffing me. So I, was kind of, I think I was back playing in that three weeks with the cricket box, which was the boys. I've just, never heard. 
as bollock die on impact that's how big is his knee Mate, it's shattered. Oh, dodgy, Dodgy's got big old knees. Hey, just clumsy prick. Eh? I was fuming. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to fucking fill it. I wanted to fill someone in, mate. I was that fuming, and then I watched the video. I was like, Dodgy. I was like, you absolute wanker. He's in my own team. Yeah, so that was probably the worst. But, but, but mate, it is what it is. It's a good story, so it'll stay with me for life. But um, yeah, or not. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that is a problem. Never, it, it's not. It no, still no. produced. It managed to produce twins, though. Eh? So ah, yeah, mate. Bloody hell! How double lucky, swimmers. Mate. At least you didn't have two. You could have had quads. I oh, know. Yeah. Absolute psycho kids. It's class. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, it's probably oh, that's that's life, isn't it? The probably best uh, memory, probably that sits in my mind, would be um, when I got the opportunity to play for Leicester Tigers, two thousand and eight. 2009 against yeah 2009 against um randomly uh i was playing i was down to play on the sunday team for Leicester tigers they're playing leeds and uh they're running two teams because they're playing serifka on the friday night so trained with the second team pretty much all week and then richard cockwell rung me on the thursday night like late thursday night saying ben k's just been called in the england team um you need are you right to sit on the bench against uh Serifka tomorrow? I was like, mate, is this a fucking prank call or what? Um, <laughs> Am I all right? No, I'm busy actually. I'm on a date with my wife's taking me out for dinner. Um so <laughs> then um uh so I said, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah. And then I said, Yeah, turn he goes, You won't play, don't worry, like we're not gonna put you on because you don't know anything and don't and I said, All right, not a, no didn't know the line outs, didn't know shit, mate. Um What's up the <laughs> <laughs> just clubbing the ball out there um, turned up to Welford Road had to ask the security guard where the changing room was never been there in my life and they're like who the hell are you I was like mate I'm Craig Hammond I'm playing today and they're like never heard of you I was like mate just fucking tell me where the changing rooms are <laughs> walked in the changing rooms and uh, mate everyone's looking at me like who's this bloody weirdo and then uh, I kind of went and oh, you go through the changing rooms and all the subs and that sit out the back so Tom Young's and and all those guys and a few young boys that I played with at Nottingham, they were all playing. So I was shitting myself because it was like just opened the new stadium there. So it was like 25,000 sellout. And then um, <laughs> after about nine minutes, Brett Deacon got taken off for uh, concussion and blood. And they said, oh, you're on. So I went on and uh, played the rest of the game and played pretty well. Uh, we ended up winning the blood against Sarafka. The crowd was ridiculous. I didn't know. Again, didn't know. I was trying to do line outs. I didn't know line outs I was playing against. World champs at that stage, like people you see on TV. And it's one of those games where you either rip in, don't you, or you play like shit. And I actually played pretty well. So that kind of memory, still got the shirt today and all that kind of stuff. And I got a Sarafkin shirt as well. So that kind of memory for me would sit pretty pretty close to my heart for the kind of rest of my life. Probably most enjoyable moment anyway. So it's one of those you put yourself in a situation, you either strive and you rip in or you walk backwards and cry in the corner. So I went the other way, thank God. So you were crying to begin with and then Oh yeah, mate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember that. I remember well, I remember you not being at training as well, so it was a bit quieter, but um it, it was weird because yeah, like you say, you've been called up because they were trying to put out two teams. I think someone else played for them on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. One of the other boys I can't um so we had a bit of a, like a weaker team that week, but we were end up, we were playing someone pretty naff anyway. Yeah. It was a weird week, and then everyone was like, oh, how much has been selected for the, how much been South Africa? How much been South Africa? We were all watching you on TV, so that was quite, it was quite an odd, 
Mate, like, the good news is, is yeah, my parents watched it in New Zealand because it was all live on yeah. Sky Sports in New Zealand, so that was pretty cool. But then the stupid thing was, mate, I thought, well, there's no way they'll be playing on Sunday. Well, like, Cock is like, mate, you're starting on Sunday. So I played 80 minutes on Sunday for <laughs> for um, Tigers against Leeds. I was like, they didn't even take me off. He's like, i just start and see what happens. And I played 80 minutes. And then fucking on the Wednesday, I captained the Barbarians on the Wednesday. Down in where was that Portsmouth or whatever? No, or was that the Plymouth one? The Plymouth. No, one. Plymouth. Sorry, yeah. So then, yeah. down there on the Monday for the Barbarians played on the Wednesday, <laughs> and then on the Sunday we played Bristol at Bristol. So within fucking it's eight days, I had four pretty ridiculous games that kind of you should never do in your bloody whole lifetime, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good memory that week, mate. So pretty special. That Bristol game. I came off the bench for us, was put on the wing against Dan. What's the what's Norton? the sevens? Dan Norton? Yeah. Norton. That was that was funny. Uh, <laughs> you're rapid, mate. You're, 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 was, yeah, you're rapid, so you get away from that, mate. No, he made me look an absolute prick. <laughs> <laughs> he literally weighed half my weight and was no. pretty much half my height, and he did me in about two meters. He is ridiculous. He is ridiculous. Um well, that's that's class, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I had a great time playing with you, mate. Uh, I won't lie; I really enjoyed my time at Nottingham, and you were a fantastic captain and shaped a lot of what I do with with the lads at Pavs. Um, I kind of did a bit of captaincy when you needed a rest when you got a bit older, but uh, <laughs> it, it was an honour playing with you, uh, and and I really enjoy. Watching you do what you're doing with Nottingham now, mate, it's uh, it's good to see. So thank you so much for wasting your Monday evening with us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so if you need any help with them lineouts, mate, I'm just a just a text away. Mate, I've got I've got Nigel Hall back doing our scrums. I've got Stenny back doing our um, kicking coaches and all. Like it's good, mate. We're just trying to get people back involved that give a shit about the club. So it's awesome, mate. There's, there's some good people around, isn't there? So um, to be fair, you, you could get Phil help you before. On the lineouts, and then his brother Nath will tell you in the in the market after the game how they could have gone better anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Craig's had the joy of playing with Nathan as well. So, yeah, every, time, every time I see Nath, he's about twelve pints deep. The pricks. <laughs> oh, so you see him on a Wednesday morning then? Yeah. <laughs> Either tells me I've done an awesome job, or I'm an absolute shit coach. One or the other. So. <laughs> Nothing changes there, mate. So no, no. but no, like, but no, appreciate it, mate. And, and oh yeah, I wouldn't mind coming down and seeing what you guys are doing down there as well. Be good for me to have a look or come help out if you got if you need any ideas or yeah, anything. definitely. Oh, that would be really really useful. Um, I might have one or two player two players that I think you should take a look at, the younger yeah, lads. No. So let's no. uh, let's get that sorted and then um, yeah, definitely. I'd love to see you put the stump. You can oh, do it on a good. Thursday and you can host a quiz, Hamo. Yeah, Hamo doing a quiz, that'd be good. Yeah, sounds, <laughs> be sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading right, mate, so don't worry about that. Good That's all right. Someone asked me the questions, I'll be on fire, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Sound. Right, nah, thanks awesome. very much, Hamo, nah, mate. Thanks very much. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, mate.